Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome into the Portland Winterhawks podcast here at the Memorial Coliseum. Hanging out. I'm your host, Andy Johnson, Nick Merrick, hanging out. And we are joined today on the latest episode of the podcast by Kyle Chazowski, alternate captain of the Hawks. Kyle, what's going on, man? Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Now, I got, so we got to start with something important, and that is it's not Seattle coming to town. We'll get to that in a moment. That's going to be a big game. I hear you're a Phillies fan. I'm a huge Phillies fan. <laughs> yeah, I am. So, I, look, we're dating. Like, we, I don't know when people listen to these and the timeliness of it. Last night there was a World Series game. There was, and it, it did not quite go as well for you guys as Game Three did. So, how, how you feel? Two-two series tie. How, how's the Phillies fan feeling? Uh, it's good. Uh, I'm just excited <laughs> to be able to watch Game Five tonight at yeah. home. Uh, it's tricky with our busy schedule in there. That's true. Now, how do you do that when you're playing a game? Do you, like, DVR? Do you check your phone? Like, how does uh, that work? No, I'll just, like, on the way home, I kind of just, like, peek at it slowly. Yeah, yeah. But I, I wait till I get home, and then I make sure nobody tells me after the game. <laughs> like, don't text me anything. Yeah, don't, don't tweet me anything. None of that. Exactly. Don't put anything on our TV, and, and, uh, and then I'll just kind of peek at it. But... No, it's it's uh, it's gonna be good tonight to watch Game Five, and I'll get a couple of the boys over, and we'll watch together. Yeah, you gotta watch Game Five, see if they win. I I, I like their chances tonight. Verlander yeah. stinks in the World Series. He does. All right, I think you guys are gonna win. Tip those pitches. Yeah, don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pick up on the sliders when they're getting thrown. Now, so you, are, have you always been a baseball guy? Has this been like a lifelong thing for you? Yes, like ever since I was like four or five, I started playing baseball. Yeah, and. Uh, I don't know. My dad put me in, and then uh, I was playing. I played all the way all the way up till I was like twelve in a pretty like um, high league, and then at thirteen, I just made the choice to stay with hockey. Now, what was it? was it a like you just liked hockey better? You just the schedule, the style, the sport. Uh, you were better at it. What was the decision? Like Honestly, that? I was better at it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I enjoyed baseball a lot. Like all my friends played it, but uh, I thought I was better at hockey. I that was really one chance I actually had to right. go farther. I wasn't great in baseball, but uh, yeah, I I uh, I still kind of miss baseball. Sure, I, I think I, everybody does. Like when you put a sport down, you 100%. just you kind of miss it. Well, I think you made the right choice. Your, yep. your career is going all right. It's right? not bad right We're doing, now. Things are going okay for Kyle. Yeah. Uh, now let me get the quick scouting report on you. What position? What were your strengths and weaknesses? Yeah, uh, I play center. I've been playing a bit of wing, two left wing. No, uh, I mean in baseball. Sorry, oh. I mean in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I did, uh, the hockey scouting report. We get to, baseball is important. It's man. good. He said he switched to ba- he switched to hockey, right? Yeah, yeah, he's right, he's dialed man. hockey. You're wearing no. a Mariner hat. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man! I'm going down the baseball uh, road. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, <laughs> baseball. I, I mean, yeah, no, I was a uh, catcher and a uh, okay. right fielder a lot. Okay, played on the the Little League World Series team in 2017. No way, for Team Canada. Yeah, so I was mostly like right field for that. No way. Yeah, um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love to be being a catcher. I like picking guys off, like yeah. we'll catch people lacking and then throw right behind them and, and pick them <laughs> off. But, um, yeah, no, I have a mostly right field and catcher. I love that, man. How was it playing in the Little League World Series? It's crazy. Uh, I'm mad. Like, that's nuts. Yeah, I was only 12 at the time. 
And then you spend that whole summer traveling. You go from districts to provincials to nationals and then to the Lily World Series. So, um, crazy. Yeah, we moved. Like, we started out in Victoria, and then we went out to Medicine Hat for nationals, and then you go to Williamsport, Pennsylvania for the World Series. But once you get to the World Series, it's like you're treated like a pro. <laughs> yeah. You're given all new gear. Uh, you stay with it like we were living with uh, in a dorm with Australia. Uh, and uh, six, seven thousand people at every game, and then the and the big games like our last game against Mexico, I think there was eleven thousand. Holy so, smokes! Yeah, it's it's crazy. As a twelve, I can't even imagine. I get terrified of like a little league game if there was like fifteen people in the exactly. stadium, let alone twelve thousand. No, it was it was the uh, <laughs> it's the craziest moment. Yeah. That's cr- the well, sad part is you probably overgrew all the clothes though, right? Yes, I know I did. <laughs> they got to help that out there. Yeah, we got to send new little league world yeah. series gear. Yeah. I should have thought of it you when know. I got it. It was big for me at the time, and now. <laughs> But to order you like a Team Canada Little League World Series shirt so you can rock that around in the summer. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, I'm sure listeners are like, okay, no, no, enough baseball. Let's yeah. talk some hockey. That's what we're here to listen to. Wait, I'm going to add in one more. Okay, one, one more, more baseball, baseball thought. One more baseball. I, I know it's funny here. Kyle was saying, oh, you know, I picked I picked hockey and I didn't, you know, I feel like I was better at, at hockey. This guy was hitting nukes in the batting cages in, in Kelowna. <laughs> Were you? We, was that yeah. a team bonding activity? Yeah, it was a little yeah. team bonding up on the first road trip in September, and it was funny because uh, Rich Campbell was the first. He's like, I'm going to go in the very hard section. Him and Robbie, it was Robbie, I think, that yeah, went over there. It was. They went in like, this very hard, which, to be fair, when, when Kyle's playing at a high level, you're probably used to seeing 70 to 80-mile-an-hour pitchers. Yeah, but, right around 70. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of throwing, I think, 70 gas. And then Kyle just steps in there and just everything just ping, <laughs> ping. <laughs> Just straight to the target right at the middle. Meanwhile, we're all like swinging and missing. Yeah, so maybe I still got it. He still got it, man. Yeah, you could do. You're like the new Deion Sanders, man. Exactly. We got to get you on like the Portland Pickles or something. You know, <laughs> let's get you playing some baseball. I love yeah. it. Well, let's get to hockey. So, I mean, the team's off to a great start. Obviously, seven and zero over t- tough overtime loss to PG. But just how, how you feel, man? Early in the year, you guys got off to a slow start last year. It seems like it's a bit of a different story this year. How do you think things are going? A couple weeks into the season, I think it's been good. I think we learned our lesson last year of how important early games are. Uh, and I think we started off well. We had a couple tough opponents, uh, and we've started to realize every team in this league is really good. So uh, that's something our younger guys and even our veterans are starting to learn. But uh, I think we're off to a great start. Uh, it's fun playing at home so much right now. It's nice to stay home, and uh, hopefully we can carry it on. we got a couple big games this weekend against Seattle and, and one against Spokane. So uh, we'll see what happens after this weekend. Well, and then, I mean, being named an alternate captain, I've, you've been around for a couple years now. I think your rookie year was the COVID year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, go, I mean, it had to be crazy going from that, playing in front of no fans, to speaking of fans being a game, to, to the atmosphere as you've seen now in the playoffs and then early this year. But uh, what did that mean to you? What was that honor like being named an alternate captain? Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. It's a really big honor. Uh, even as an 18-year-old, there's a lot of guys who uh, – who could have deserved that? But it's a it's a huge thing for me. I pride myself on being a leadership guy. So uh, uh, getting named an alternate captain was really cool for me. Well, and then I you know I'm, I talked to Gabe on the last episode, and I was curious what what's your leadership style like? Everybody kind of does it different way. Are you vocal? Are you work ethic guy? How do, how do you go about yeah, it? Yeah, I'm a little different than Gabe. I'd say I'm I'm more of like a vocal guy. Like okay. I like to talk to guys in the dressing room. I I uh, I love to just be a worker. You know, uh, someone who's a little spark plug for the team. But uh, yeah, I like to, I like to talk in the dressing room. I like to give speeches, and uh, I feel like I'm that type of guy. You give the big speech. I love it. Stand up. Yeah. Rough first period. You're in there in the intermission, just barking at the boys. <laughs> yeah. I like it, man. Sometimes Every, you gotta have that guy on the team, right? So yeah. I mean, obviously a draft eligible player. Um, I, how does that go for you? Like when you you talk to your agent and they t- they hear from teams of like, hey, we want you to work on X, Y, and Z. Like, how much of that is that on your radar? How much is that on your mind? I'm just curious how that works. Yeah, no, it's uh, obviously it was. 
it's something that like everybody thinks of, but yeah, uh, it's more so like I'll talk to my agent every once in a while, and he'll say like, "Hey, uh, this team's like uh, been watching you. Like, keep doing this, keep doing that." And so it's kind of like nice to hear that, but it's more so the same things that you know you're doing well and what you're not doing well. So whether they're watching or not, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I think you know like if you're playing well or if you're doing this right or what you need to get better at. So it's obviously something in the back of everybody's mind, but um, yeah, it's not that important right now. Well, and the, and the self-scouting too. I mean, yeah, that's a great ability to be able to look at it and say this is what my strengths and weaknesses yeah. are. So let, I mean, we got the scouting report on your baseball game. Let's get the scouting report on your hockey game. Okay. What, what, are, what are the strengths and weaknesses for yeah, you right now, you I, think? I'm more of a – I think I'm a big two-way guy. I'm really yep. uh, good in the defensive zone, and uh, I, I like to play around the net. I like to touch pucks around the net, and uh, that's where I score most of my goals. And uh, I'm a little bit chippy, too. I, yeah, I don't mind getting yeah. involved in it. <laughs> Don't mind getting a little uh, little fight every now and then if you need exactly. to. Now, I, I I was talking to Nick and just kind of getting the lowdown. Sounds like elevated role in special teams, uh, being a big big guy on penalty kills. Uh, how was how that developed? How was that aspect of your game developed? And how important is that for you to have that elevated role in those situations? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a, a lot bigger this year, and uh, it's been good. Uh, you start to learn uh, uh, as a younger guy how the systems work and, and what you need to do well. And now that uh, you're given the opportunity, it, it's uh, really important for me to, to thrive in those roles because that's something that you want to have uh, as an arsenal uh, when you move up into pro and as an older guy. So I think that's something that uh, is really key for me to, to keep doing well. Yeah, Kyle, is that something that's good to see kind of when you come in as a 16 to, to be able to go in those video sessions and when the coaches kind of pull you in when you aren't on the special teams unit at the time, but they're like, yeah, you might be coming there soon. Like they see you going that way. <laughs> is it good to just kind of like sit back, try to like absorb it all when you're, you know, you're probably a little shell shocked, right? When you come yeah. in as a 16 to like, okay, I got to figure out this whole league. Like there's older players. I'm used to playing with like my age bracket. Now I got a four year gap with some yep. guys. Um, is it nice to get that like adjustment to kind of come in and then understand what the Hawk system's like, like you said? Yeah, hundred percent. I think, um, as a younger guy, when I was younger, I, I love to kind of uh, see what coaches are trying to preach to our penalty killers. And then you you can, tr- you like just keep it in the back of your brain. And obviously in practice every once in a while, we'll work on power play and they need p- penalty killers. So you can hop in and you can get reps and you can try that stuff out. But as a younger guy, it's, it's awesome to, uh, uh, you know, coaches will let you come into meetings and, and see what, it, what they're working on. And then you start to learn kind of the basics of it. And then, and then, cause you know, at some point you're going to have to, to be that guy as right. you get older, right? So it's important to get in the basics early. Yeah, I, I look at the, the schedule, and this is coming from a non-player. So tell me if I'm an idiot because I'm probably an idiot here. Uh, Seattle coming to town, first time you guys met with them in the preseason, but first regular season game since Game Seven last year. Is, is that a thing? Like, do, have you guys been thinking about that a lot? Is it not like, hey, just another rivalry game? It doesn't matter. Like, how is that on your mind? Am I an idiot? What, what's the vibe like going into that first rivalry game? No, it's them? on our mind. It's yeah. it's. Uh, it's a huge game. It's a it's a statement game for both of us. Both of these teams right now are top in the West, and and I think this is a a huge stepping stone for us to see where we're at and where Seattle's at. But uh, no, this is going to be a huge back to back for us, and and I think everybody's got a little extra pep in their step. Yeah, I, and then walk me behind too. I mean, going from the the younger levels of hockey, working your way up, playing a bigger role. I mean, having a, set, a stretch like four games in five nights. What's that like the first time you go through it? And is your body you know ready for it? Because you guys have had a kind of nice you know, runway yeah. into the schedule this year. Now things are going to ramp up, but what's four and five nights like? Yeah. Four and five is tricky. And, uh, it's, uh, it starts on, on the first night because, uh, after game one, you're like, Holy cow, like your body's yeah. tired. So honestly, the biggest thing is, is, uh, what you do on the day. Like today is really important that we not only get 
um, our recovery in, but we also keep our legs moving. We get on a bike and, and get moving because uh, you need to have as much energy as you can for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, and it starts on Friday what you do because, uh, you know, if you're taking too long of shifts or staying out too long or, or getting caught out, uh, it's going to affect you on Sunday. Yeah. And we start to learn that, that once you get to Sunday, you realize like your body can't take it if you, if you're uh, not treating it well. Yeah. You gotta, you kind of learn to get off the ice, make sure you keep those legs going. Yeah. Now I hear you, you spent the summer at the Ludwig training center. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're like chopping wood, skating, <laughs> like what's going on? I mean, who was all there? Walk me behind what that was like in the off season. Yeah. It's my second year doing it. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> obviously former uh, Hawk captain, uh, John Ludwig. He, uh, his dad, uh, they live out right outside of Kamloops, and uh, two years ago they invited me out, and they were starting up this thing, and and uh, so now this was my second year, and it was me and, and uh, Curtis Smythe and uh, Robbie from Delorme, and then John, and then a couple other guys who uh, are locals, and um, so we live out. Uh, he has a little uh, barn that like we lived in. It's a little like frat house, <laughs> yeah. and all the uh, all the guys who stayed there lived there, and we wake up in the morning, we go work out. Uh, we start at like 7 a.m. and then we'd go boxing and we do boxing for about an hour and a half in town. And then we'd come back and we do uh, a little bit of like mental stuff. And then we take a nap, go to the rink in town and then come home late, have dinner and uh, do a little bit of stretching and then repeat yeah. that all of August. Wow. It's uh, it's fun. It's it's really tough, yeah. but it gets you ready for the season. That's kind of a little commitment that that you can make to yourself. Uh, I think Robbie would agree too that uh, coming into the season, uh, rarely have you ever, do you ever feel this good, sure, and, and this much uh, this good in your cardio. Normally, starting the season, you got to try and find your legs, and and you're like a little step behind with cardio. But doing this, I think uh, it gets you ready right off the hop. Uh, does does the boxing help you in scraps? Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Punch in the bag in the gym. That'll, yeah. that'll help you out. Yeah. That's one too where I feel like at the end of the summer in August, everyone's thinking, "Oh, I got two more weeks on the lake, then I got to report." Yeah. Yes. And here you are. You're, more you're setting your alarm and, for probably yeah. six a.m. to wake up. Meanwhile, we're. <laughs> yeah, no, I think a couple of teammates saw that and they're like, oh, "I got to get going too." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They see you on day one of camp. You're like, "Hey, this guy's like a mile ahead of me, man. What's going on here?" I love it, dude. So, hey, three concerts coming up at the Moda Center. Which one is Kyle most likely to go to? Post Malone, Lizzo, or Dave Matthews Band? Post Malone. Yeah. Post Malone. Are you going to the show? I'm not. Yeah. I you wish. got Phillies tonight. That's yeah, true. World Series. And it's four tonight. and five. You probably exactly. got to you, you take care of the body. <laughs> yeah. If they would have thrown that on Monday, I think yeah. most teammates would have gone. But unfortunately, <laughs> they put it right in the middle. Bad scheduling by him. But right, Come on, Post Malone. you got to yeah. be better than that. Work around the Hawks' schedule. Uh, let's end with some fun stuff, just getting to know you a little bit better. Uh, you mentioned Post Malone concert you like. What's your favorite musician right now? Who's, who's number one on your playlist? Yeah. Uh, I listen to a lot of John Meyer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but for rap, I like Kid Cudi. Okay. Uh, but I'm a bit of both. I don't know. You're kind of all over the map. What kind I of music do you like pregame? Uh, pre-game rock. Rock, yeah. yeah Get like you going a little bit. Exactly. Okay. We, we listen to that in the dressing room. So. Favorite uh, favorite TV show recently? Modern Family. Modern Family. Yeah. Always a good call. What about movie? Uh, movie. Just watched a scary one, but it wasn't very good. Probably my favorite movie. It's always been Transformers. Trans. Oh, like the OG Transformers. Yeah, the second one. The sh- oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Ah, I haven't seen a Transformers. Megan, uh, what was her? Uh, Megan Fox? Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, favorite stand-up co- uh, comedian? Um, Bill Burr. 
I mean, come on. That's how you end it right there. That's a walk-off. He's the best there is. <laughs> he is awesome. Well, I love it, man. Hey, well, I, it's fun to get you out of class for a couple minutes. Yeah. I know you got to be four and five nights. The body's going to be worn down. Best of luck to your fills, and uh, thanks for hopping on the podcast, man. That's Thank a lot you of fun. so much. Yeah, this was really fun. Appreciate it. All right, rolling on here on the Portland Winterhawks podcast over at the VMC, and uh, joined now by my good buddy, the voice of the Portland Winterhawks, Nick Merrick. What's going on, man? Andy, doing great. Doing really good. Uh, it's crazy to think we're in November. A lot of hockey coming up here for the Hawks fans. Excited for that. And uh, really just, just looking forward to what's ahead. It's going to kind of get my uh, bus legs going <laughs> soon. Fortunately, yeah. we have some home games before that. But uh, things things are great. It's been just busy campus, a couple concerts this week. So It's kind of a crazy week. I pull up at the VMC today. There's trucks all over the place. It's wild. Lizzo's it's wild. in town. Post Malone's in town. Yep, yep. Dave Matthews Band's coming then shortly. Oh, it's, it's, it's I'm sure it'll time. all be the same crowd, right? They all go to those same yeah, there shows, you go. right? There you it's, go. There's no difference there. It is. Uh, did you get any sleep last night, by the way? Not much. Yeah. Not much. Late night. Yeah. It's Overtime, those... shootout. Those games drag on sometimes. 100%. Yeah, you, you get... You get you know, you need to wind down a little bit. The adrenaline's going after yeah. a game, and you're thinking about the, you know, the night. And um, no, eventually I got some sleep, but you, you know, you got to check on your phone and kind of just see what's going on and catch up on social media. Next thing you know, then you're thinking about the games, and it, it's all fun. Like that's kind of what gets you into the hockey season when, yeah. when uh, you know, you're, you fully immerse yourself into it. I've found too sometimes after a broadcast or like being around a, a good atmosphere, it takes me a while to unwind. It does because you're kind of especially a shootout, a game like that where everybody's yes. kind of you're on the edge of your seat. It's an intense ending. Yes. You're kinda, your, your adrenaline's going. It is. And then you get done with the game, and you're like, it's 11 o'clock, and I'm wide awake, Yes, man. well, because you know you got to bring the energy. Like, <laughs> exactly. when you see it go to overtime, like, yeah. if you were, wherever you're at, you're like, okay, i got to be ready, because this game could end in one shot. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, like, you're building yourself up, thinking, okay, let's <laughs> let's get going. Um, and it's funny, too, because behind the scenes side, uh, you're basically running on those midweek games. I'm throwing espresso down me. I'm, I'm trying to stay awake during the day to kind of get that jolt going. And, oh, boy, like, people know I'm always – you know, super, uh, I always have an energetic call. Yeah. Uh, and it just, you know, it keeps you going on those Wednesday nights. So <laughs> it takes a lot of coffee to get there. That's yes. A lesson. We yes. Need, we need Nick Merrick to powered have a, by coffee. If Starbucks would like to sponsor us, our Dutch Bros, yes. please let us know. I will happily take you up. <laughs> Nick Merrick here for your uh, espresso. I need a lot of caffeine. <laughs> yes. Uh, let, let's get to the team. So last time we talked two weeks ago, undefeated, everybody's feeling good. And, I, you know, it, it's funny how you can go from undefeated to finally losing a game, which we all knew it would happen. Now it's like, oh, I don't know how they're playing. Second best record on the Western Conference. Yep. I mean, Seattle seems like a machine right now. We'll get to that game because it's the revisit of the rivalry and, and the playoff matchup. But just what have you seen? What stood out to you the last couple of weeks? They're not winning every game anymore. I think we can all accept that. It'll be all right. Uh, what have you seen? What's standing out about the Hawks? Uh, you know what? I, I think it's a, it's a good start, obviously, a great start. I think there's some things to learn from this stretch. Kind of like you said, there were you know the team wasn't going to go sixty eight. No, everyone knew that. Uh, but when you get the first losses, it's kind of a little bit of a humble pie for the team, and they realize they aren't unstoppable, and they have some things to work on. Um, the power plays kind of quieted a little bit too, which is which is uh, you know maybe hurt some of their win loss record um, stuff. But again, still pretty solid. I think it's yeah. still operating just below. Um, like 28%. So that's really good. I mean, still great numbers there. Takeaways, the team's seven games in at their home schedule. They've scored four goals in all those games. The offense has been kind of there. They've had some troubles defensively a little bit. Um, You know, just kind of breaking the puck out of the zone, I think is one of those takeaways that you want to clean up some things. But, you know, here we are talking to the fall, and it's it's easy to point out things that could be done better because every team's always going to improve it just depends on how quickly they're able to adapt and figure those things out 
Um, so I, you know, I know that Mike and, and Brian and Kyle are doing a great job there working with the team and getting them ready for what's to come. But, you know, another takeaway is just kind of seeing different faces, different players, different teams yeah. on a nightly basis. Like, gone are the days of five straight against Spokane from a year ago <laughs> that, you know, it's good from the standpoint of where they can make it a playoff game simulation, but it's also bad because then you're just getting used to the same routines for basically two weeks at a time, and it's tough. But then when you're back to this more normal schedule, you're you're playing a Prince George team weekday. You're playing a Seattle team on the weekend. Then you're playing Spokane following that. Then you look ahead to the following week, and you got Victoria for the first time on the road. Then you're going to have Vancouver into the mix shortly. You're having Everett. Like, you're getting different opponents each night here in the month, which is going to benefit the Hawks because they're getting so many different looks, which then will help them develop and grow. Um, and some of those young guys are, are really coming along. I think that's been you know, a really fun part to watch this season. Um, obviously, Carter Southern may be one of the most notable younger names just because of his recognition on central scouting um, and seeing him blossom. I think he's almost at a point-per-game pace, a little under that uh, by the time of us talking, but he's really a calm demeanor on the ice. And I, yeah. I like his style. He's going to be a heavy, right-handed defenseman, offensive player. He'll, he'll kind of grow into that, I feel. And, and uh, Kyle Gustafson even had some great words for him following one of the games uh, you know, in our post-game media was saying that he feels that you know if he's at his peak, he'll definitely reach that top four solid WHL player for, for the Winterhawks and, and will be a key contributor for the team for years to come. Uh, Jan Spoonar has gotten a couple more games now in net, so I think he'll get more comfortable as he continues to play. Three wins on his dock, it always looks good. Wasn't tested too much uh, in his I think it was a third start now against Kelowna, only faced about 12 to 15 shots. And sometimes that's what it's like playing as a goaltender in the Winterhawks system. Yeah. Like, you know, the team's going to be so driven offensively. A lot of the time spent the other side of the ice, the goaltender's really got to stay mentally focused. Uh, and then Spoonar's adjusting well to North America. He's trying to figure out English a little bit better, kind of day-by-day process with him. But it's funny with those interactions because, um, y- you know, he's trying to figure out the education and learn English through college classwork, <laughs> right. uh, and then you're trying to just small talk with them to keep it very, you know, very um, thirty thousand foot level, and, and not you know not try to drop any lingo, which is hard. You realize how much lingo you have going on <laughs> sure. in, in English phrases or um, saying yeah, that he's not. Gonna that's just going to go right over yeah. his head and think like, huh? What are you, you know, talking about? <laughs> and you get that blank stare, and you're like, let me rephrase. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you try to keep things really, really short uh, and simple there, but it's kind of funny. It'll be great to see his growth this season. Um, and then, you know, now it's kind of which guy, which line's going to step up, because I think that's – it's a strength, if you will. But, uh, you know, the team will probably figure out sooner than later who's going to be their go-to guys in situations. Mm. And there's still a little bit of a question mark there. Like, obviously, Gabe Clawson's been doing terrific in the goal-scoring production – um, leading the team already first to get the double-digit scoring. James Stefan's always been a reliable player, too. We've seen him in a couple of shootout rounds. We've seen him play a lot of overtime minutes. So you kind of start to identify who those top-line players are. Um, but there's there's almost like more to grow with those players as well and see if they can kind of take their game to the next level. So it, I think November as a whole is going to be a big learning month. Um, and obviously you're going to have some big tests along the way. Seattle, Everett. Vancouver's been solid, uh, maybe better than I would have expected. Obviously, you already played Prince George, as of us talking. So uh, excited to see how they match up against those teams, too, and kind of get to compare in the Western Conference. And then, you know, you go from there. It is funny with the schedule change, and we've kind of highlighted that on the first couple episodes, where it's it's a very different style of coaching. Yes. Where you're not used to, I mean, it's a new opponent, it's a new format, it's a new, all right, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, as opposed to playing the same team for the fifth time in two weeks. Right. And it's, we know this team inside and out. We know all their strengths, all their weaknesses. There's no game plan. Like, nothing's going to change for the guys going into this game. Yep. It is funny 
Australia. Now you're throwing in a different curveball. It's like, all right, what does Prince George do well? All right, what does Victoria do well? Let's get ready Big for time. that. Uh, you mentioned the test coming up. I, I think something that every Hawk fan has their eye on is the first matchup against Seattle. First time since Game 7. I know we've talked to the players on the pod, and that's something that they remember. And I'm sure that it's been lingering in their mindset uh, all offseason. I love that the first one is here in Portland. So you got a chance on a Friday night for a great crowd, and it should be an awesome environment. But what have you seen from the glimpses you've seen from Seattle? I know Portland hasn't played him yet uh, because I'm looking at that roster, and it, it looks like it's a loaded squad again that has a great chance to win the Western Conference. Seattle is very good this yeah. year. Um, they're, they're Honestly, they might be the favorite in the Western Conference. Um, on paper, they probably certainly are at this point. And it kind of shows you have that first unofficial meeting in the in the preseason, which I know it's preseason. You're getting some different players in, but the Seattle Thunderbirds did play more of their NHL guys at that time because they knew they had a three and three for a preseason, which is tough. And then those guys were not going to be available the next weekend because they were going off to NHL camp. So Krinkovic, Sauchin, Korchinski, those type of players were playing against the Winterhawks younger guys in the preseason, and they looked elite like yeah. they, they you know they looked apart they didn't take a night off they played well uh they beat Portland in that game but obviously you, you can't compare the win and loss in that situation but just showcasing that their talent looked good early against Portland so it'll be interesting to see how that translates here in the, into those first meetings in November but it's the first of 12 games against Seattle and this is a really good test for the club because the Hawks are riding a high they were 7-0 and at one point I think Seattle was right there with I think they were exactly 7-0 and when the Winterhawks were 7-0 and and then Seattle's win streak went a few games longer uh, eventually they were the ones that suffered their first loss to Prince George well the Winterhawks just lost to Prince George so yeah. that's similar similarity as well there's some good teams out west and Seattle on paper probably the best obviously uh, you know I, I feel like them and Kamloops were the two western conference opponents that me personally was so excited to, to see head-to-head and this will be a really fun weekend because you get the home and home. Uh, you'll get to be a part of it as well which That's I'm excited, right. to, excited to bump shoulders with you throughout the VMC on that day um, I don't know I'm just going to try to take step take a step back a little bit you know, come prepared to see whatever hockey game we're going to get and then just see how both teams are able to respond because I'm sure Seattle's going to come in hungry. Portland's going to come in hungry. So it's going to be kind of a dog versus dog matchup. And um, you like seeing those and you like kind of jumping in and then, you know, what's going to linger into Saturday because I'm sure there's going to be some physicality (laughs) and some chippiness that chips into it. Uh, But hopefully it's just a good, tight hockey game. uh, And, you know, we'll evaluate from there. It it is, it is, uh, you know, seeing some of the comments from Matt Odette where he talked about he loves how hard his team is playing. And and that's always the scary thing for me about a team like Seattle when you pair the talent that they have with the work ethic. And Portland teams have been known for that so many times over the years. And then you have the added aspect of you've, you've had however many months. I mean, I forget what the schedule was last year because everything got thrown out the window and everything was delayed. It was May, June, whatever the hell that game was, game seven. That's been on your mind for a long time. For and, sure. And to like sleep on that and have to wait. You mentioned they played in the preseason, but a little bit of a different atmosphere yeah, on Friday question. night. And, and when you have a team that's coming in that's more talented, sometimes you cannot work them. But another aspect of that can be the home crowd. And it feels like Portland so far, and correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like so far the energy and the atmosphere has been really solid for Portland and there's a lot of enthusiasm. I don't know if it's just getting past COVID. I don't know if it's the way the team played last year. Maybe it's a combination of all of them, but it feels like the atmospheres have been really good this year from the fans. Agreed. I feel like it's going to get even that much more for the weekend against Seattle. I, I feel like Friday whenever, night game. Yeah, maybe. whenever you get Portland and Seattle <laughs> on the docket, you know the fans are going to come ready and, and they're 
they're always on their A game, which yeah. is great to see. Um, I feel like that energy hopefully will translate then on the ice. Really, for both teams, hopefully, obviously, from the Portland podcast standpoint, Portland has a good benefit from it. Let's go. Um, and they, they always do. But, you know, it's the same thing that we've heard many times from all the guests here. They love playing in Seattle because they love hearing those chants against them. They love kind of rising to the occasion. Yep. And, you know, it's a very similar vibe, I'm sure, from that of, uh, the you know, the Portland Winterhawks and when, when they're hosting Seattle. So now you focus on those games. It's going to be a good test for, for the two clubs. Um, I'm really curious to see, too, how some of their players developed um, from Seattle because, you know, we're seeing them from some highlights, and I'm catching a period here or there. Haven't, haven't had a chance really to watch a full game for yeah. Seattle. So excited to see how that vibe goes, and it's a big game as well. Um, Hawks fight cancer game, always a big one in Portland. Some great fundraising efforts throughout the night. Um, it kind of adds to that atmosphere and that intensity um and just kind of brings the whole game full circle if you will because yeah. you're you know you're energized for the game you're you're checking out how you can help a bunch of different nonprofit charities and and other local organizations um the winter hawks will hopefully be getting uh you know a, a charity auction launched as well here in the month of november to to kind of uh, help with some extra fundraising efforts there and uh, just gonna have some great groups out a really good night through and through and then you know just three and three for the hawks so you, you also knock on wood that everyone gets through it cleanly because this is right. a tough stretch. They've had a three and three before, but not a four and five. Yeah. So four games in five nights, it's tough on the body. So you got to come, you know, prepared and Rich Campbell does a good job with that. Um, but I feel like, you know, everything we've said is kind of almost, you can copy and paste it from our last podcast to this podcast and just know that, you know, maybe our direction, our conversation points are going to change after this. It's almost like a we need to see what's going to happen this weekend yeah. until we can kind of dive in a little bit more on certain aspects because not much has changed in those last, you know, a couple of tough, tougher losses, but still 10 of the 11 games so far, the Hawks get a point. Um, you know, it's, it's really good to see to see this team thriving. Well, it is, and I think the other lesson, too, for fans that you got to remember is that throughout the course of the season, you're going to have those close games, and sometimes the puck's going to bounce your way, and sometimes it's not. Yes. Sometimes you're going to lose a shootout, sometimes you're going to win a shootout, Yes, and it's a, it's a very thin margin between starting 7-0, and but a couple of those games were back and forth. A crazy comeback, like games they easily could have lost, and now you look at last night's game against Prince George to date ourselves. We're recording this on Thursday, but uh, I mean, you have a two-goal lead in the third period, and it let it slip. You lose in a shootout, easily could have been a win. It's funny how they can go you kind of either way. Way. But you mentioned the area of the team improving. I think that's the thing that I always look forward to most with a Mike Johnson coach team. Uh, defensively, what are, the, what are the things that are standing out to you that, that you feel like maybe they could address or that Mike is talking about after the game that they could address? Because they've, I think, acknowledged that we're going a little bit younger with our decor. We yes. traded away a, a veteran in the locker room, yes. a 20-year-old. Like we're, we're, we're accepting that there might be some growing pains, and I think he trusts those guys that eventually we're going to get there. And you've seen Mike for how many years now? You know they're eventually going to get there. But what's standing out when you watch the decor and, and just the way they're playing right now? I think the first thing to say is there's not enough minutes to go around there for yeah. the defensemen. Like, that that was kind of the talking point moving into the first game of the regular season. There were 10 guys defensively on the roster for the Hawks, which obviously not sustainable um, from a full season. But I think that was the first note of how do you get all these guys into games and you're having talented players kind of uh, just sitting, which will benefit you down the road, no question about it. But, you know, from, from our standpoint, it's thinking like, oh, boy, that's, those are tough calls each night of, of who, who kind of gets the rotation, who's sitting out, who's in the game. Um, there's gamers down there, and they want to play. They want to yeah. compete, so I like that. I think that's the first and foremost uh, you know, talking point. Secondly, you, you nailed it, Andy. I think it's the fact that the coaching staff recognize there's going to be some growing pains, but they want to put some of those younger players in positions to – 
help their development, put them in tougher minutes, allow them to play what they think they can. And it, it, you know that kind of showcases that trust element. Like the team obviously wouldn't trade away a veteran of over 100 WHL games and has been with the program for four to five years if you don't feel that you have the people to pass the baton to. So, you know, that kind of is trust within, and, and they trust that defensive core. I think there's a couple of things they can clean up for sure. Like, obviously, the you know, the breakouts have been a little bit sloppy at times. It's not all on the defense. It's also just kind of like how the forward sticks are in neutral ice and, yeah. and kind of how different players play off the puck. And, you know, it could be some systems based and just kind of getting that routine of getting used to, you know, what their breakouts are. Because, again, it comes back to the whole scouting thing. Those That's where it goes a lot of the workload on, on Brian and Kyle in particular. They'll put together these you know I, I call them one cheaters sometimes like two or three pages just of notes that they give just to benefit the players they review them in the morning you know during the morning skate time they go over some video sessions but you're trying to adjust different breakout looks so like you might be doing this you know breakout a and now you're going to breakout b <laughs> right. so okay now my brain one day ago was used to doing this formation when we broke out the puck but now we got to switch it to do this because there's a better look based on what the defense is giving you so like those little things are going to what you're going to see growing. And I think that's why Mike always says, I wait till December until I make any adjustments on the team and like kind of figure out where we stand. Yeah. Are we a competitor? Do we need to make a change? Do I need to switch something from a, a scheme perspective? Cause it's not clicking. Um, so we're, we're getting closer to that point. Uh, but overall it's a steady group. There's, you know, there's some things still to work out, but it's, it's a, you know, it's a confident group, which I like too. Like you don't want to have a, a group that comes in overconfident, but you don't want to have one that comes in, you know, kind of shaking their, sure. in their skates and, and they're neither one of those. They're, they're right in that perfect middle spot where they're hungry. Um, and, and they're really just trying to play that team game and figure it out as a unit. It is funny because I know you pointed that out, that out before. And I, sometimes I'll watch, and when there's a turnover behind your own net, or you know, it leads to an opponent goal or something like that. It is funny how quickly the the finger does get point to the defenseman, or why didn't you why didn't you release quicker? Where was the pass? Without the question. Pass. And it is so funny because sometimes it is on a forward that maybe wasn't where he needed to be. Right. Maybe he wasn't there to receive that pass. It's right. Like, it's like when a quarterback throws a bad interception. It's like, do you ever think maybe the wide receiver ran the wrong route? Right. That's not exactly. on him. You were exactly. supposed to be there and you weren't there, and I threw a pick and the safety picked it off. Like. You got it. It's a two-way street. Sometimes you know, like we need a little help to exit the zone in a quicker pace because you're just getting off and you want to go, and that's Mike's system. But you got to make sure you get that outlet pass first. It's funny how sometimes the finger gets pointed one direction or the other. Uh, well, you mentioned Hawks fight cancer night. I love all the, the stuff that Portland does behind the scenes and raising money for charity and the awareness. There's going to be a ceremonial puck drop. It's going to be a really cool night. What else is on the calendar? What else are we looking at coming up? Because I know when I looked at the schedule before the season, I'm like, oh, my God, there's one every, like, two weeks. There's big stuff coming up. So after Hawks fight cancer, what's next on the list for Portland? There really is. Um, I guess first I'll put a button on, on those who are going to tune in before the Hawks fight cancer night. Or if you're tuning in maybe after the fact, that's A-OK, too. Um, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the Mina Singer Foundation, the Cole Poland Cancer Coalition, Be the Match, and the Siteman Cancer Center from Washington University in St. Louis. Uh, big providing partners with this game. Great efforts there um, from their crews and their staffs, and many of them will be on site as well. So say hello if you see them at the games. Um, really appreciate you know everything they've helped to make Hawks White Cancer Night yeah. uh, what it will be. And then looking ahead to that following week, um, you know, some, you're right. There's some big things coming up. The team will be on the road for, for a quick stretch, so... Fans will get a breather, but then don't, you know, you're coming right back. So don't, <laughs> don't go too far away from us because yeah. then it's a huge docket coming up. Hawks fight hunger. Um, you know, it's a big, big uh, campaign fundraising effort for the Oregon Food Bank through uh, our Fred Meyer partnership as well. They have a zero uh, hunger, zero waste initiative. So they're trying to, you know, help 
provide meals for those in need in the greater Portland area. So we, we will be leaning heavily on the support of the fan base for that um, and, a, and a great donation effort there against uh, a midweek game against Calgary. Also going to be a giveaway that night too. Ah. More on that later, but a nice a nice giveaway uh, as fans come in. And it'll be a team-related giveaway, so it's kind of a fun it's a, it's a fun one. I that like it. That's everyone a good will tease like. right I don't, there. Yeah, I don't think we've done this giveaway in the past. Um, or maybe we did. Hundred percent, not in my time for the five years. So <laughs> right. maybe they had it back, uh, you know, in the heydays, uh, back in the eighties, nineties, when the, when the <laughs> Winterhawks were really kind of booming into this big franchise. Uh, but check out that for next Tuesday. Well, I guess a couple Tuesdays from now, the fifteenth it is of November, and then you go into that weekend. And then you're going to have the Women of the Rose City Night, uh, which is a big community effort night as well. A great networking experience the Winterhawks have been working with with a bunch of different partners. Uh, teams from Adidas and the Thorns and the Trailblazers and Wise Portland and Sports Oregon. Um, there's so many different groups that will be represented at that, which obviously the fans won't see as much. Um, You'll get a glimpse of it throughout the game, and we'll be highlighting different uh, kind of women stars and uh prestigious women in the industry, both in Portland and afar. Also highlighting many women's hockey players as well throughout the night, so that'll be good. And there'll be more built into it. Nice t-shirt giveaways um, and and t-shirts to purchase as well at the team store for those specific nights, especially the Hawks Fight Cancer and the um, uh, Women of the Rose City Night. Always two good games. Um, But there'll be more coming out too. We just have to kind of Dot the I's, cross the T's, if you will, on some of these <laughs> sure, things. Sure. Trying to figure out what that phrase is. Uh, and then, you know, then you're off and running again because you have those two big nights. That strings right into some uh, big games in late November. You have Toy Drive coming up in early December. The Teddy Bear Toss game, that's a fan favorite. I think there's already going to be like 6,000 people coming to that Ooh. as of us talking here in early November. So great to see the fan base really rally behind those games. We love rallying behind it too. So yeah. that one's going to be good. And you're right, Andy. There's, there's a lot of promos coming up. Almost hard to keep track of it a little bit. So uh, I know it's tough. Winterhawks.com, there's a little drop down on the schedule that has a promo calendar update of what's coming up. And then uh, the team here is doing, trying to do our best as well. Just keep checking out that front page of Hawks uh, landing page to get some good, usable, clickable links there to figure out, uh, kind of situate your, your November uh, promo schedule. It is fun. It's a great timing for the podcast every week, every other week, because there's like two or three new ones. Every yes. time we record a new podcast, yes. it's like, all right, what's next? What's on the docket? Let's go, baby. And it is crazy. I mean, it's just, you know, it's funny how I remember recording the first one this year, and it's like, I can't believe the season's here. And now I'm sitting here saying, it's November. Yep. What the hell happened? Man, yep. it's November. Yep. Holiday breaks in like a month. What are know, we doing? Like, I know. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna be the same exact thing that happens here. Well, it comes back to what I started with. You have 13 games in November. That's yeah, a lot. That's like, a lot of games. I don't even feel like there's 13 days in November to begin with. Well, I feel like anyways with the holiday stuff, right? Like people are like, okay, it's Halloween, and then Christmas starts. Yeah, now. it's right. Yeah, get the decorations out. Yes. Mariah Carey's playing. Let's yes. go, baby. Get yes. the pumpkins out. It's Christmas time. I know our office was going nuts because the holiday drinks menu changed at Starbucks uh, for some of our yeah. some of our caffeine addictions that we have in the office. <laughs> So uh, that's kind of in full swing, too. It just, it's going to feel different this yeah. month, which will be good. It's going to be awesome. The atmospheres have been great. I can't wait to be at the game tomorrow night and see you and uh, heckle you from behind in the broadcast booth. It's going to be a lot of fun. Always enjoy it. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, appreciate the time, and uh, let's have a good one, Hawks fans. Let's enjoy this month. All right, that'll do it. Episode four, season two of the Portland Winterhawks podcast. My thanks again to Nick Merritt for hopping on. Always enjoy the conversations with him. Love talking about the way the team's playing, what's upcoming. I know it was a tough one uh, last night, depending on when you're listening to this. It is uh, taping on Thursday, November 3rd. Uh, Prince George in town last night. That was a tough loss, but a big weekend, a chance to bounce bounce back. And uh, really enjoy talking with Nick. And then, of course, Kyle Chisowski. What a story that was. What an awesome conversation. I I truly enjoyed that. I, 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 I love getting to know these guys off the ice. 
and who they are and their upbringing and how they got to this point of playing for Portland. I did not know that he played in the Little League World Series. What a cool story that was. Can you imagine being a 12-year-old playing in front of 10, 15,000 fans on national television? Oh, what an awesome story. Uh, really enjoyed getting to know Kyle a little bit more. And uh, a reminder that we're going to be uh, checking back in with him on the podcast this season a little bit later on. And then, of course, Luca and Gabe. So if you've missed the last couple of episodes, uh, the first player profile we did was Luca Canyoni. The last one was Gabe Clausen. And then, of course, Kyle Chazowski on this, this episode. And we'll check back in with all three of those guys uh, throughout the course of the season. My thanks again to both Nick and Kyle. They were awesome this week uh, on the episode. Hey, Ox fans, b- big weekend. Big weekend. Seattle in town tomorrow night. Portland in Seattle on Saturday. You got another home game on Sunday. It's a 3-3, three and three, a 4-5. and five. The Hawks are playing great hockey. I'll tell you, Seattle is loaded again this year. And as you heard from Kyle there, that, that notion of losing Game 7, the last time these two teams played an important game uh, was that Game 7 of the series last year. And I know that is... It's been, it's been in their minds for a long time, and I'm curious to see how Portland comes out and plays because, you know, diving into some of the stuff on Seattle and their roster and all that, the Thunderbirds are loaded this year. So Portland's going to have their hands full on these next two games, and I cannot wait to see how this young Hawks team kind of rises to the challenge, not only Friday night at home, but then Saturday on the road up at the Showware Center. And a reminder for folks, I hope to see you at the VMC tomorrow night. Uh, it is the first of the television games this year on Portland CW. I will be on the call that one with Mike Benton. I, I still don't know what in the world I'm doing and why they want me to do it, but I have a great time doing it, and uh, I hope you guys, uh, if you're not at the game, will tune in on Portland CW to watch that game. It's, it's a it's a real passion project. There's a lot of people that work their tails off behind the scenes to make those television broadcasts uh, happen, and it, it's it really enjoyable. So I hope you'll tune in. I hope you'll watch, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow night at the VMC, and if you're at the arena, stop by and uh, say hi. Big weekend for the Hawks, and hey, a quick reminder. You heard Nick say it there, but I just want to remind you that coming up on Saturday, November 19th, it's the first of Portland's Hockey is for Everyone series. It's going to be the Women of the Rose City Night, and uh, the Hawks are inviting prestigious women in the Portland sporting world and beyond to the VMC for that game. They're doing a networking event. The team's going to recognize local female hockey players during that game. And uh, you can show your support by purchasing a Women of the Rose City t-shirt at the game in the Winterhawks team store. For more on that and all the other hockey is for everyone nights, uh, you can go to winterhawks.com to check out those details. So really cool stuff the Hawks are doing behind the scenes. And this team's playing great, man. They're they're an awesome watch right now and it's going to be a fun, fun weekend of hockey. Portland and Seattle, back-to-back nights Friday and Saturday. That'll do it for us here on the Portland Winterhawks podcast. I can't thank you enough for tuning in. I want to give you a quick reminder. I know a lot of people ask, how do I access this? Or I get that text sometimes. Or people, you know, will reach out on Twitter and ask me. Uh, it is on, you can find it on 1080thefan.com. The Winterhawks put it out on their website at uh, winterhawks.com. You can always find it there. It's on the Odyssey app. But if you don't have that app or you just have some other stuff that you listen to, uh, you can find it in Apple Podcasts. You can find it on Spotify. I imagine it shows up some other places as well, but I know it's on those two platforms. Uh, if you got Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can always listen to it. And if you download or, excuse me, subscribe to the podcast and like it, every time a new episode is released, you'll get a notification on your phone letting you know uh, that there's a new episode so you don't have to wait and kind of wonder what the schedule is going to be because I'm always at the behest of the schedule of the players, and that's when I go in and record those pods. So if you want kind of more accurate, hey, when's the latest episode coming out? Just Make sure you, you, you subscribe to the podcast on some platform, and it'll let you know when a new episode uh, is out. We're planning on doing another episode next week, but to be determined on that, still trying to work out uh, the details there for episode five. But thank you so much for tuning in, not only to, the, to this episode, but all season long. I can't thank you enough. It's been a ton of fun to do. For Kyle Chazowski, for Nick Merrick, I'm Editor Johnson. Hope to see you at the VMC tomorrow night. For more information, winterhawks.com. Until next time, go Hawks.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 